With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee reports 65 COVID-19 tests have been carried out since Thursday. All are negative. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service warns of at least two possible scams, inviting Cayman residents to apply for government grants while requesting a cash deposit of CI $100 to $125, along with personal ID details, in order to process the claims. Police say they're also aware of a scam offering assistance in relation to vehicle insurance and repairs or for taxi drivers to receive a grant for loss of work. The Cayman Islands government does not ask for cash or deposits to process claims for assistance, and any such requests should be treated as suspicious and reported to the relevant authorities or the RCIPS. If you have received a request like this, contact the Financial Crime Unit at rcips.fcu at rcips.ky. The Royal Air Force lends a helping hand to Cayman, the Voyager aircraft arriving in Cayman Thursday bringing 14 U.K. Ministry of Defense training team members. Their goal? To train the local defense regiment reservists. Upon arrival, the U.K. military team was temperature tested and then sent into isolation. The two-week training course will provide the first 50 reservists with a variety of skills, which could be critical in the upcoming hurricane season. As we look ahead to what we call our new COVID-19 normal, the Health Services Authority takes a moment to look back at some of the challenges faced when COVID-19 first hit these islands, Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solins has more. When the global pandemic COVID-19 eventually struck our shores, Angela Tanzello Schwartz, forensic DNA specialist and technical and quality manager at the HSA, says it was, in a word, exhausting. <laughs> um, so I think that everybody has put in so much time and worked so hard to try to get the island back where everyone could return to their lives is that at the same time we were happy to be putting in you know sometimes 20-hour days just to make sure that we could get the test results done as quickly as possible so that life could go back to normal. The workload was unlike anything they have ever experienced. Um, it was def- there were definitely some logistical challenges because I don't know that anybody here on island is, is accustomed to testing the volume that we suddenly had to deal with on a daily basis. During the peak of testing, we had um, some days we had 1,500, 2,000 samples waiting for testing. Adapting to the demand and severity of the matter was crucial for HSA staff. When, when HSA set up the drive-through tents for the sample collection, making sure the patient's name gets onto the tube and the order gets put into the system. We've got to do the viral inactivation step in the biosafety cabinet, moving thousands of samples through a process every day when you know we're in crisis mode, when we're not set up to do those types of things. However, Ms. Tanzillo-Schwartz says the need to accommodate COVID testing has helped create systems that allow for a more streamlined process. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. PCRN antibody testing are available to the public. If you'd like to be tested, email covidscreening at hsa.ky. The Office of Education Standards says Cayman's private schools did a good job of adapting to the COVID-19 pandemic and making sure their students continued to get a quality education at home. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has more. The new report published this week is incredibly in-depth, reviewing critical areas of remote learning within the private school population while offering several recommendations going forward. The purpose of this review is to recognize strengths in the home learning provision in private schools and identify any areas for improvement. 
Director of the Office of Education Standards Peter Carpenter commended local private schools for stepping up in the face of COVID-19. School leaders and the teachers in the private schools are to be commended for their resourcefulness and their adaptability and their agility in responding to the demands of remote learning during this unprecedented crisis. School leaders and teachers showed resilience and innovation in balancing multiple roles amidst competing demands. The report, which you can find a link to on the Radio Cayman Facebook page, highlights a number of areas. For example, the report says the quality of teaching was good in most observed online lessons, although a few schools offered limited or insufficient sessions for students. Good arrangements were in place to track attendance and ensure students' well-being, but the report says there were some inconsistencies in the quality of home learning strategies deployed by the different private schools. The report says most schools provided the OES with comprehensive guidance documents, which appropriately delineated the remote learning strategies, but a few schools were too inflexible in their policies and practices, and feedback to those students was, quote, irregular and insufficient to help ensure good progress. In most private schools, the report says lesson content was well-matched to the curriculum requirements. Most, though not all, of the private schools offered good value for money during the pandemic as well. It led to significant challenges for many of the private schools in terms of funding and financial management, with several reporting reduced numbers on the role as family members lost employment or had to leave the islands. The report also says a few schools will require closer monitoring and guidance going forward to ensure a good provision for all students, as around 150 students in the private schools were without access to digital devices during the remote learning period. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. This week, as the University College of the Cayman Islands announced a series of short courses designed to help kickstart knowledge of practical skills, I spoke with UCCI President Dr. Stacy McAfee about her thoughts on the COVID-19 pandemic. While some may only see the dark cloud caused by the economic impact of the suppression efforts, Dr. McAfee says it is actually an opportunity for educators. It's a really wonderful time for our nation and for us to help people to move forward to create the next chapter in their story. How has all this been for you? I mean, you've been here for a little minute, but but still, <laughs> this is not likely what you were anticipating when you started your Cayman. Yeah, I think we are all rediscovering what it means to lead with purpose. And when I came to the Cayman Islands to serve as the president at UCCI, I wanted nothing more than to ensure that we provided relevant education across the whole spectrum of the workforce needs and preparing citizens for life of purpose. And I think this moment in time, we're seeing that now more than ever, education is fundamental to the ability to not only rebuild an economy, but to ensure that people feel confident that they can contribute and support their families and be successful. So it's a high stakes time and I'm really proud of the university for stepping up and being responsive and really proud to lead the university at this time. Leadership's definitely key at a time like this. There's no question there. Um, From your perspective, are there any sort of lessons learned or or sort of just, you know, guiding um, principles going forward that COVID-19 brought to clarity for us? One of the things I think we realized is that there is a bit of a digital divide that exists around the world, not certainly just here in Cayman. And so it's so important that just like reading and writing and arithmetic have always been core, what we understand is that technology and the ability to use and understand how to use technology 
is important for people not to be left behind from any type of opportunity. And so it's not just using technology, but it's understanding how to find reputable sources, how to gather the information that you need. And that I think one of the things that we've learned is that without an intentionality around ensuring that people do have access, that we can do great things, but not nearly enough for everyone. So I'm, I'm really proud to see the government and others stepping up to try to bridge that um, and ensure that everyone has access to the internet, to uh, computers for studying and for learning. And I think that this really has created an opportunity for us as teachers and educators to realize that we have to teach our students how to learn in various modalities. And and so it may be comfortable to be in a classroom face-to-face with them, but that may not be the most important thing we have to teach them in the moment. We need to teach them both to access online learning and resources and also how to thrive in a face-to-face classroom. UCCI President Dr. Stacy McAfee on technology, COVID-19, and leadership. I also spoke with President of the Private International College of the Cayman Islands about a program they're involved in which is designed to get college students working to rebuild the local economy. Because of the uh, a lot of the shutdown here on the island, because of the COVID-19, a lot of employers basically uh, could not be open for business. They had to lay people off, et cetera, so forth. And now that the reopening has started, a lot of employers may find it very difficult to be able to employ full-time people. ICCI President Dr. Byron Kuhn says that's where the Resilience Cayman Youth Internship Program has come in, providing skilled students with the opportunity to work with businesses as they rebuild. It's a win-win situation, and and we do have right now 27 students, uh, or approximately late 20s, maybe early 30s, that actually have taken advantage of going out and working within the employee employer community here to help reopen the Cayman Islands and to also receive mentoring and um, and and to get the skills that they normally would not get out of a textbook. They would get hands-on experience. Dr. Kuhn says he's proud of how the different facets of community are coming together to make this Resilience Cayman Internship Program work. ICCI students in the program not only receive course credits for their participation, but also $600 toward their tuition. Eleven young boys hit the court for the 24-hour, one-week life skills basketball camp hosted this week by In Between Dreams. The 12 to 17 age group gathered at Surfer's Paradise for the Got Skills basketball camp, where they learned everything from day-to-day life skills to fundamental basketball drills. Coach Corey McGee tells Radio Command's Dion Anglin his goal is to prepare athletes with the mindset and belief that they can achieve anything they set their mind to, on or off the court. The camp was originally supposed to be basketball mixed with life skills, but then once we really got into it, it became more life skills, more than basketball. And the boys didn't miss a beat. Um, we've done everything this week from learning how to tie a tie, how to dress, how to uh, make Cayman-style beef. So everyone here is comfortable using a knife. They can cut onions. They can cut peppers. Guys are now more comfortable using wash machines and dryers. You know what I mean? You know, most times your parents won't let you wash the white clothes because you're going to change them to pink and so on and so forth. So everybody here can comfortably wash clothes. Nice. So it's most like just trying to create platforms for them. So if someone does go away on a scholarship or look to go to the next level of higher education, then they've been strapped with certain life skills. 
I have 11 boys that stayed overnight. The camp started on July 19th, uh, the day that they said that we can do full contact sports. So I was ready. So I had put this together to create a situation where I can engage the boys for longer than two hours. You know, our sessions are normally two hours. But if I have access to these boys over, you know, five or six days, you know what I mean, for 24 hours a day, then we can do a lot of great things. So we've done beach training every day. Uh, my boys, we t- I took my boys to Windsor Park at 1 o'clock in the morning, and we were out there training until 2.30 in the morning most nights. You know what I mean? It's just all kinds of different things I was trying to do to keep them creative, keep them off their phones. There was no video games allowed as such. We just had to use our brain. You know, we played a lot of board games. We played a lot of card games. Um, I had various keynote speakers come in, talk to the boys about, you know, recognizing their assets, setting goals, and how to go about getting to where you want to go. It was it was just a beautiful week, Dion. It was just a beautiful week for basketball, it was a beautiful for these boys and their parents to watch them grow and develop as young men, the student athlete part of the game. So that was really cool and exciting. All right, sounds good. And it was just for one week? Yeah, yeah, it was okay. just for one week. Next week, we'll do a week of girls. Okay. So I'm anticipating to get at least six girls to stay overnight, which is great because that gives me a more opportunity to make it more personal for them. And I can, you know, spend more time focusing on each individual participant in terms of their game. I got a good staff of people that's going to support. We'll be here from the uh, 26th until that Friday at 4 o'clock. So those girls are going to get, you know, what the boys got, but it'll be totally different. They're going to get the police training. They're going to get the keynote speakers. They're going to get the chefs. But hopefully we're hoping for better weather because the boys were rained out all week. So they didn't get a chance to play basketball like they really wanted to. The Godskills basketball camp utilizes different techniques to help athletes grow mentally and physically. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings.